It's good to be back with you again. We're excited over starting a new series with this book called Red Sea Rules. Uh, some of you can get that from Audible. You can get it through Amazon. Uh, a lot of places you can get it. I, I have it as an Audible book. I listen to it when I work out, <clears throat> but also have read it. But you can do those things. So follow along with Robert J. Uh, Morgan and his book, Red Sea Rules. We're excited about this series, and I, I can't wait to get started in it, uh, even today with uh, the principle number one. Before we do, let's have a word of prayer together, and let's, let's bow before the Father. Father, I ask you to help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Uh, I ask that you help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge you give to me, to speak to a person or their situation, if you prompted me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, uh, out of everybody watching or even in service, uh, I know that I'm the one under a greater judgment, a more strict judgment, because I'm a teacher of your word, and I accept my place in rightly dividing it. Uh, Lord, our nation celebrates uh, a season of uh, independence uh, and the birthday of independence, as we are an independent nation, Lord. It is my prayer that our nation surrender our dependence on you. You tell us in your word, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And even though we have a president and a vice president and our judicial system and all those things, I pray that you become king of our nation. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach, amen. I wanna begin with principle number one, Last Sunday was an intro into the whole series, but I want to begin with principle number one, and it is uh, realize that God means for you to be where you are. Let me say it again. Principle number one is realize that God, God means for you to be where you are. The passage we're going to be using today out of Exodus 14, and Exodus 14 is a contextual verse for the whole series, but we're just going to look at these two verses today. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Piha, he wrote, between Migdal and the sea, and you must camp in front of Baal Zephon, uh, facing, facing it by the sea. Uh, uh, we learned growing up to pronounce, say, Baal, you know, as the, as the demonic god, but it's Baal and it's Zephon. Uh, by the sea. We, we, we're going to stay in these two verses today because <clears throat> the Lord's speaking to Moses about his people and he gives them strict instruction. Uh, strict instruction is that you are to turn back. So there is a retracking, a backtracking, if you will. And I specifically go in front of uh, Pahihirot and Migdal and you camp in front of Baal Zephon, uh, facing it by the sea. Uh, when we look at the, the place of uh, Pihahi wrote, it is at the mouth of a canal. When we looked at Migdal, it is a tower or a watchtower. We'll, we'll get to those a little later. And then he says to camp in front of Baal Zephon, uh, Lord of the North. It is a mountain range. Uh, it is believed to be a mountain where there is a demonic god. That's both mythological. Uh, it's part of Canaanite worship. 
and it's part of Egyptian worship. More specifically, are we going to get into why God led them to these places later on? But I just want you to see today in this sermon that he's given them very strict instruction on where they are to go. Very strict instruction. We're in a pandemic. In this pandemic, we, we are confused. We're not only confused, we're frustrated, we're mad, we're angry, we're tired, we're fed up, we're afraid. We're rebellious, we're critical, we're limited, and we're confined. And then I just put it in my notes, dot, 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 because we could go on and on. There are certainly things you could add. Our circumstances are really beyond our control. We were just in the discussion before the taping of this sermon. Do you think we're going to go back into shutdown? We know that things are spiking in other areas of our nation and world. Do you think it's going to happen? They are beyond our control. And what do we do? We try to take control. That's what we do. And this leads to frustration and leads to worry. Many of us are not only handling the pandemic. In fact, let me restate that. All of us are handling the pandemic. But many are handling multiple other things in the midst of this pandemic. The pandemic is just one thing. That, uh, and that we're all handling, but a lot of people are handling multiple things. And so what happens? It leads to frustration and worry. I want to speak about worry for a moment because we need to focus on that because these people, these people, these Israelites could be worried about where they are. They could be worried about it. Um, uh, and I'll tell you the, the sense of that worry in just a moment. But when we deal with worry, we are dealing with a sense of uneasiness or anxiety, but it's usually about the future, about the future. Uh, I wrote down a quote that I thought was funny. It says, worry is walking on a beach in a down coat waiting on a snowstorm um, about what could happen in the future and what could come. I, I've got a quote from Corey Tim Boom, and we're going to put it up on the screen for you. And Corey Tim Boom is a woman of great faith and prayer uh, who was in the concentration camps growing up as a little girl with her family. And here's her definition of worry. She says, worry is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once, because you're living today and you're handling tomorrow. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. That's from Corey Ten Boom. Uh, Jesus says something about worry in Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble as its own and of its own. Uh, when we're out of control, got, we look at the pandemic, we're looking at the future, and worry really is anxiety about the future. We don't know a lot. We don't know what's all going to happen. We can guess. We can speculate. We just don't know everything that's going to take place. Like school is going to be starting this fall and we're going, man, what's it going to look like? What's the, and each district can do their own thing. And we're praying for people who make those decisions. Already, I've been challenging our people here at Hope Church. How are we going to handle the tension of teachers, principals, students, and parents during the fall? 
Because I think if I'm going to be a good pastor and we're going to be a good church, I've got to see where people's tension is. And I'm already seeing where some of it's going to be and how are we going to handle that. Not worried about it, just asking for God to navigate us during this time. Got to ask you a question. Can God in his sovereign power have us just where he wants us? And the answer is yes. Has God placed us in this time frame for such a time as this? The answer is yes. See, the Lord in leading the Israelites and speaking to Moses to lead their people to these three specific places. He's leading them to, to uh, Pehihiro, uh, to Migdal, to Baal Zephon. He's leading them to these specific places and he's leading them and it's seemingly into a trap. The writer of the book, Red Sea Rules, Morgan says it, he calls it a cul-de-sac. He's leading them into a cul-de-sac. They are trapped by the sea, they are trapped by the mountains, and they are trapped by the pursuing Egyptian army. And we will find out in the future that this is a heavily fortified area. Could it be a test or a trial? of why he's positioning these people? Yes. Could it be that they, they need a deeper knowledge of who he is? In other words, a wisdom lesson? The answer is yes. Is the Christian life, is it a life that is problem-free or stress-free? The answer is no. We strive for that sometimes, and that's where we wanna be in control. We wanna, we wanna navigate our families, I want to navigate you as a people, whether you're listening, you're part of our church, whatever. Do I want to navigate you around, uh, around stress and problems? Of course I do. Absolutely I do. But God sometimes leads us into these areas very specifically. And then you and I are going, what's the matter with our God? What's the matter with him? 1 Peter 4, 12 is an important verse and you need to read it. It says, dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes upon, among you or upon you to test you Don't as if something unusual were happening to you. Uh, our uh, author of the, this book, uh, Robert J. Morgan says it, says it this way. In other words, Christians shouldn't be surprised when in seeking to do God's will, we find ourselves trapped in painful, frightening, difficult, or impossible situations. Life is hard, especially for Christians. We have a determined enemy and he's seeking to devour us. You can find that in the book on page 10. Jesus responds to us and his disciples this way, and that is John 16, 33. I have told you these things that in me you might have peace. Remember, peace is a person. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. So we're seeing where, the, the, where God is leading his people strategically, specific instruction to a place that seems like they are seemingly trapped. And we need to understand that the difficulties of this life are not absent from the Christian life. In fact, you and I should not find it strange that there is all kinds of turmoil 
uh, around us and even that we go through them. But the key is that we do go through them. Can my selfish and flesh, flesh desires, can they lead me into a wrong place is a legitimate question in this sermon. Can they do that? We're talking about God leading these people with specific instruction, but can, can my choices, my selfish choices, my flesh choices, can they lead me into a wrong, wrong place? The answer is yes. But I want to give you an answer that we used last Sunday in the intro. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man or humanity. God is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape. There he is. He is a God who makes a way so that you are able to go through it and you are able to bear it. Yes, we can, God can lead us out of this place that our selfish desires and our flesh desires have led us into. He does he does make a way. He gives a very specific way. God's got a way out, a way in, and a way out. But can God instruct us and lead us in strange places like he did Israel? He can. Let me give you three examples. He did this with Paul. Paul had a mind to go to Galatia. Uh, he was headed to Galatia, leading his team to go to Galatia. You're going to have to forgive me. Um, I'm burning up, so this handkerchief and all, it's its hot where I am. And uh, where I grew up, they used to say this about the preacher, if the skillet's hot, anything will cook. So uh, you need to know I'm in the midst of this, but I'm sweating profusely at the same time. But let me get back to the sermon. Paul's headed to Galatia. That's where he wants to go. Two times the Holy Spirit was forbidding him to go there. Now, the Holy Spirit's not against the gospel of going to Galatia. But the Holy Spirit had somewhere else more important for him to go. And so the Holy Spirit stopped him twice. Then there was the vision of the man from Macedonia. And Luke writes, we immediately went there. So he had, he, he had strict instruction for him to go to Macedonia. And there's an incredible story that comes out of that. Let's take Philip, one of the disciples. He's in Samaria. Great revival. The lame are walking. Demons are being cast out. Other disciples in other places are hearing about it. Some of his brothers in the 12, and they're headed down. And God calls Philip away from the revival in Samaria. And he gives him very detailed instruction to go to the desert to leave a revival, to go to the desert, and we know that he only finds one person there, but it's very strategic. Joseph, Mary's husband, has a dream, and an angel speaks to him in the dream that Herod is after baby Jesus, and that he needs to take his family, and of all places, go to Egypt. I, I just want you to know that there is a God that gives us detailed instructions, not only in Exodus 14, 1 and 2, but in one, one episode in Paul's life, one episode in Philip's life, another episode in Joseph's life. So it, it may look dismal for Israel right now. I would like to go on to sermon number two, but I can't. 
just just like right now in our present crisis, it uh, it looks dismal, but God has a way, and God has a way out. Our challenge today here is to trust His plan and His purpose, and in trusting that, He will teach me and He will grow me, and He's going to further His kingdom. One of the verses that I used in the intro that I used in ending it, I'm going to pull back into today. And that's, uh, that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean or rely on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Think about Him in all your ways. And here's a promise. He's going to guide you on the right path. It may seem like God is having these people backtrack and seemingly they're trapped. The sea, the mountains, and the pursuing Egyptian army. But you and I already know the rest of the story. I'll, I'll give it to you in sermon two. And we'll lead on through it in sermon three and right on down the line. We know what's going to happen. They don't know that right now at this time, but he knows he has strategically led them there for a major purpose that he wants to do. And what we will do in all of our sermons, I will have a section in this series called Dig Deep. And I'm going to use a quote from Robert Morgan in his book. When you are in a deep place, realize, realize that the Lord either placed you there or allowed you to be there for reasons perhaps known for now only to himself. The same God who led you in will lead you out. That becomes a promise. Grace and peace.